This is the intersection of faith and the culture. Thanks for joining us on this Good News Friday. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, here with David and Tim Barton. And every week on Friday, almost every week, we have some good news for you. And we never get to all of it, but there's a lot of great things happening out there, folks. And if you're like me, you need to pick me up. You need to know that what we're doing makes a difference. So that's why we really enjoy these Fridays. David and Tim will fly through as many stories as possible. And then you just got to tune in the next Friday to get more. Check out wallbuilders.com for more information about us, about the program. And also to tap into more of those good news materials. Get some good DVDs or uh, download some of the streaming or get some of the books, get American Story. I mean, every time you tap into these things, you're going to be encouraged to find out that the truth is on our side, that there are ways to turn this thing around, and there's something that you can do about it. And speaking of things you can do about it, be sure and share the program with your friends and family. Be a force multiplier. And at that website today at wallbuilders.com, make a one-time or monthly contribution. All right, guys, let's jump into some good news. I'm looking forward to this, and I'm going to guess, David, that you're starting us off. What's our first piece of good news? Okay, I'm going to start with picking up from a story that we've covered off and on over recent weeks, and it's really been how the public has started pushing back against a lot of the woke stuff that's gone on. And, and so whether it was the Bud Light, or there, then it was Target, and, and amazingly, we even saw Ben and Jerry's get whacked, and it's like, that one surprised me because I thought everybody knew that Ben and Jerry's was really, really liberal, but apparently they even went too far and they took a pounding uh, on some of the stuff they did on the 4th of July tweet where they were pretty anti-American. And so even Ben and Jerry's crowd couldn't go with that. And we've talked about Disney as well, but in that 4th of July weekend, they've now come out with some numbers about Disney that just surprised me. I, I really kind of thought Disney was locked in and they weren't going to be willing to change anything because they are committed to woke and what they're doing is, is really pretty committed to that. And I thought they'll take a, a beating and won't care, but they may be taking such a beating they're going to have to start caring. Uh, there is a, a data tracking provider for a, a lot of the entertainment industry. It's called Touring Plans, and they monitor parks and they monitor the, the various things where people go for vacation, et cetera. And... They, they were noting some things that happened about Disney over the July 4th weekend. And so they rank crowds, the crowds that go to various parks and which parks are doing well, which crowds are drawing to, to which parks. And so they have this scale that goes from 1 to 10. And in talking about Disney, they, they said that the Disney numbers were shockingly low. That is their quote, shockingly low. And they talked about the fact that it's not normal. They said these are not peak summer crowds. These are shockingly low crowds. So what they did was you go back to the last part of June, June 29th, um, they rated each of Disney theme parks averaged a six out of 10 for the crowds on those days. Then as you went on to the 30th, the crowd fell to a five. And then you went on to July the 1st, the crowd was down at two. When you got to July the 2nd, it was up to 3, and July the 3rd, it was up to 4, but those are still really poor crowds. And then when you throw in the Epcot theme park, they reached a crowd level of 1 at Epcot theme park. So it's like we we'd commented on this for a year or two, that it looks like crowds were still attending Disney World and going there and doing stuff, but maybe it's because people had their vacations planned out a year in advance or whatever. But it's sure looking like this year that, that people are saying we've had enough with Disney as well. And even some of the movies that, that they thought they were going to come out with, they have not been doing well. 
So as they said, let's face it, this weekend didn't turn crowds around at Disney World. Crowds aren't even going to turn around. So they think this is kind of a permanent thing for Disney. We'll see. And then also just to cover something along the same line, um, and Disney and these others have gotten in trouble because of what they've done with transgender kind of, of promotion and pushing and, and, and the things that they were doing that people just weren't in line with. But I was looking at something that Elon Musk did. And e- Elon Musk, of course, with Twitter, uh, he has a son that identifies as transgender. And despite the fact that he has a son that identifies as transgender, he is jumping all over and speaking out loud against the transgender movement. Um, and he just tweeted, he, he said, it's time for parents to fight back. And it was in response to a TikTok video where this father said he was doing the annual school physical for his kids to go to school. And he has a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And it's been a family doctor that's had the kids every single year. And that's who they've been with all the years. And, and, and when they took the nine-year-old to get his physical, uh, the, the doctor asked the nine-year-old, the, the female doctor says, well, do you identify as a boy, a girl, gender fluid, or non-binary? And that was the question she asked the nine-year-old. And of course, the mom launched on that. And they were going to ask the seven-year-old the same question. So the, the father shared this experience of what the doctor was, was asking and saying. Hey, David, I got, I got to stop you for just a second, man, because I know we talk about this so much. Sometimes we just get used to it, right? Just pause and let that sink in, folks. A nine-year-old asked by a medical professional what they identify as. I mean, that, that's where we are at this point. This is why people are getting so upset. Anyway, I just, I, I just couldn't let you keep going, man. I just think people have to process that this is happening because if you, if you haven't had it happen to you, you may not realize how prevalent this is and how ridiculously sick this is. I think about a, a nine-year-old. I mean, my goodness, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even know what that means. No. And, and they're, they're trying to indoctrinate them with this. That, that's exactly right. And, and the mother launched on the doctor after that. And the father said that the doctor would have asked a seven-year-old the same questions, except the mother launched and, and you know, she didn't ask the questions of the seven-year-old. But it's interesting that, that on Twitter, uh, Elon Musk has taken this position that the transgender word that the transgenders use for straight people, cis and cisgender, he said, those are slurs on Twitter. We're not going to allow those words. And, and that's a transgender wow. language talking about straight, normal people. And he said, we're not going to allow those slurs here. And, and some of the other things he's tweeted, he, he, he talked about gender reassignment procedures and, and surgeries and just flat condemned them. I mean, just came out, no hold barred. And in the same way, back earlier, he, he wrote that any parent or any doctor who sterilizes a child before they are a consenting adult should go to prison for life. Now, here's my question, and, and bless his heart for standing up and saying that. Where's the rest of the voice? Uh, where's the Christian community saying the same things he's saying? Because this is really easy stuff for people of faith. Yeah. And, and here's Elon Musk who, you know, considers himself not conservative, and he's right. just using common sense, and he's got more backbone than most people I hear that are on our side. And I go, uh, Guys, we need some courage here. And, and so I thought this is good news because the, the crowds are silently talking about what they're, where they're putting their money and they're voting with their dollars and Disney and all these others are seeing that. But I think Elon Musk ha- has a great point here that you got to speak out against this. And he is calling it evil. And I mean, I don't know what would happen if, if, if a conservative leader said somebody should go to jail for life for, for letting a child participate in sex reassignment surgery. 
but Elon Musk has got this kind of courage and boldness. And I hope that's a, a message for all of us that we get a little bit of backbone here and start standing up for common sense, not to mention biblical position and truth, but just common sense. And, and that's that's really good to see him do that. I, I got to tell you, brother, I, you know, we, we've jokingly said for a while, who would have ever thought that Elon Musk and Joe Rogan were going to save America? But but it's almost like, you know, the rocks crying out, right? Like if, if my people won't praise me, uh, you know, I'll make the, I'll make the rocks cry out. Oh, that's and a now good you've com- got all these people. We, we ne- <laughs> well, we never thought that they would be the ones to speak up. And even the other night on, on Flashpoint, uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy was on. And, you know, he's Hindu, and yet he was articulating biblical positions better than virtually any of of the biblical, you know, quote unquote biblical people that are out there supposed to be leading on these things. And and, and so I've been thinking about this, Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, Vivek, I mean, all these people that don't come from our, you know, they didn't grow up in the church, obviously, They, they didn't have that foundation, and yet God is using them as a voice. We said the same thing about Donald Trump a couple of years ago, you know, that, that, wow, we would have never thought he would be the voice that would be used. So I don't know, man, I, I, I love what you're saying. And, and also, oh, on the Disney thing. Oh, wow. I I'm with you. I keep traveling, you know, and I'm flying all over the country, just like y'all are. And when I go through Orlando, I see all these people still going to Disney. So I thought, man, it's not working, but everybody's still going. But those numbers don't lie. That just shows you how far they're down and how much of an impact. And I think you're right. It's almost like a silent voting by the American people to say enough is enough. We're done. We're not giving you our money anymore. And that's one of the ways we're going to let our voice be heard. You know, I read another article in Disney. We'll probably cover it at some point on Good News Friday. But it talks about the fact that Disney currently has about 37 percent of the national uh, movie market. I think uh, Warner Brothers is second at 31 percent. But Disney, I think, was like up at 50 or 51 or 52 percent. They've fallen to this low level. And they said part of the problem with Disney is it takes and it's not a problem per se, but the, the market for Disney movies is that it takes them two to four years to produce a movie. So the movies that are coming out now have been in production for two to three to four years. And so you're not going to see a reflection in the change of those movies with the voice of the people until maybe three years down the road. So we're starting to see people, you know, check out of Disney. We saw it with Disney Prime, other things. But it still may be another year to year and a half before we see these woke movies go away. Um, but the, the article, and it was, a, it was from Variety magazine, a secular magazine, just talking about how the, Disney is taking a pounding on its movies. And they're, they're losing um, significantly compared to what they were. They're still the top movie producer in the nation. But they're way down from the mega lead they had, and they're they're trending the wrong direction. So we'll see what happens with that as well. Have you ever noticed when when it when it starts going bad and 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 the public's definitely turning on you? Everybody kind of kind of scatters and doesn't want to be a part of it. So Kathleen Kennedy, who's been one of the woke people at Disney, to basically ruin Star Wars. There's a whole massive up amount of the Star Wars fan base that is just done with them. Won't go to the movies anymore. I'm one of them. I like. I won't even go see any of the Disney Star Wars movies. I grew up on Star Wars. I was always a Star Wars fan. Anyway, no one, none of the other big producers out there will take the job. They, they, oh, wow. they can't get rid of her now because none of the big ones, you know, the Christopher Nolan types and all the ones that they wanted to get, none of them want the job because she's messed it up so bad. So anyway, I don't know. That's the rumor anyway. Uh, but maybe it's gotten, maybe they're so woke that they will become literally like a pariah and uh, and either dramatically change their ways or potentially fall apart completely and somebody else step into the into the gap. Very, very good news, David. All right, Tim, where are we going with your piece? How are you going to top that, man? 
Well, uh, not talking about Disney will already give me a head start. So uh, we are going to Minnesota, and this is a reference to a Supreme Court case. I think we already talked about last Good News Friday. Uh, we've had several interviews on this with the Supreme Court overturning affirmative action. And we talked about how, uh, you know, it's it's mostly good. Um, we, we celebrate most of the way, but there certainly does seem to be a big loophole in uh, what Justice Roberts wrote in his decision. Nonetheless, the good news I have is from the University of Minnesota. This headline says, University of Minnesota drops affirmative action for race and legacy admissions after SCOTUS ruling. And as the article goes on, what they identified is that the article, first of all, says there's an update to the university's holistic page. Uh, it notes the school no longer considers race and ethnicity or family attendance or employment as context factors for admissions. The application will ask for this optional information for recruitment and communication purpose about program services offered, uh, but the information will not be provided to application reviewers and will not be considered at any point during the University of Minnesota admissions decision process. So we wondered what was going to happen, and, and our assumption was that the universities that wanted to be woke were still going to find a way to use kind of that uh, Justice Roberts loophole that he said it couldn't be the, the primary factor, but it seemed like it could still be a factor on some level. But the University of Minnesota took that and just said, okay, we, we will no longer use this, uh, somebody's race or ethnicity, or even family attendance or uh, kind of employment history as a, a factor in the application process. And it looks like it will just be based on the merits of the student uh, and, and those surrounding things, much more of what it should be, where we're judging someone more on the content of their character than on the color of their skin. So this is really good news that contrary to what we feared might happen, we are already seeing major universities say that they're now removing this affirmative action-based uh, decision-making process when it comes to receiving applications or to a, 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 affirming the applications um, and, and who they are allowing in their attendance their university. So this is really good news. And, and by the way, this is not Texas A&M. This is the University of Minnesota. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of like the Berkeley of the Midwest. I mean, this is really far left. And for them to take that Supreme Court position and move, that is a really big step for them. I mean, that's amazing. You know, guys, it's kind of like um, when we celebrated the Coach Kennedy case and we said that's tearing down the strongholds that the left built up against religious liberty for so many years, the lemon test and all the other things. This is a little bit, this is a lot like that in, in a whole nother area. And, and maybe even like the Disney movie thing where it takes several years to get rid of the poison. This is going to take some, some time to get rid of this poison. But the fact that a university like that would say no to this immediately and not try to use that little loophole that 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 uh, Justice Roberts left in there, that's a really, really good sign. And this strikes at the heart of Marxism, which which is to divide us. Right. And to, and to put us into these categories. Uh, David, you've been talking about that for decades, the whole thing about segregating Americans into these different categories. So this is really, really good to once again treat us like Americans, regardless of color of skin. That's what we want to see. And uh, certainly for University of Minnesota to be doing it, that's great. All right, uh, guys, quick break. We'll be right back. We've got a lot more good news for you folks. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builder. friends, this is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outlined the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. 
Nation. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. It's Good News Friday. So David dominated in the opening round, and uh, and Tim just got the one piece in before the break. So Tim, where are we going with the next piece of good news? Are we staying up with God's Frozen Chosen in uh, in Minnesota, or are we uh, headed somewhere else? Well, Rick, this time I am going to the theater, and or maybe more specifically, I went to the theater earlier this week, and I finally got to see The Sound of Freedom, which actually uh, I had the opportunity to see a, a pre-release early screening of it, so I already knew it was coming, but... There was a group of individuals going to see it, so I decided to go with them, uh, show support for the Sound of Freedom. As as much as supporting the Sound of Freedom, really, I, I want to be part of the, the statement letting Hollywood know that we are against this human trafficking first and foremost. Uh, and, of course, CNN, MSNBC, all these outlets that are saying, you know, this is just right conspiracy theory. It, it's totally not. We do a lot of work with different groups that, that fight human trafficking on a lot of levels, uh, we have a lot of friends that have been personally involved in this. And with that being said, I wanted to support the movement of The Sound of Freedom becoming one of the top movies in America. And certainly it has done that. This headline goes back, I guess at this point it would be a week, two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, whenever it first came out. And the, the headline identifies The Sound of Freedom became number one movie in America on July 4th, beating Disney's Indiana Jones. And as as much as growing up, we loved Indiana Jones. Um, I don't go see very many movies at all anymore. I, I don't have a lot of interest in that. Uh, Hollywood has just gone in such a woke, silly direction. And yet, Indiana Jones, by and large, I've heard good things about it. I know people enjoyed it, but The Sound of Freedom has surpassed it. And The Sound of Freedom follows uh, Tim Ballard's story. Tim Ballard is one of the founders of OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, and, and trying to bring light and exposure to a lot of what's been happening in the world with human trafficking. And, and unfortunately, we know that happens in America right now, because of the open southern border, America is a a hotspot destination for a lot of the sex slave trade, a lot of human trafficking. The estimates are that there's about 500,000 Americans or individuals in America who are part of this human trafficking evil that is going on, and specifically in the sex slave trade. And so this is an incredible evil that needs to be stopped. But the good news is the American people are responding in such a positive way, which is not really surprising. I think most American people, even though we have kind of removed a lot of the biblical basis of morality in our culture, they still recognize that what is happening to these children, this this sex slave industry, this this slave trade is an evil industry. And the fact right now, I think I saw a report that the Sound of Freedom, uh, I saw the number $100 million about how much money is brought in, which is just a massive thing. And we, we've talked about before with different movies that don't seem to fit Hollywood's stereotype of the genre they go for, what they do. But this is something that I really hope will send a message to Hollywood, and I think it will. The fact it was number one over Indiana Jones on 4th of July weekend, the fact that it's, it's now brought in so much money, I think it's going to send a message to anybody paying attention that this is something that the American people are hungry for where we can identify once again that good and evil are real things and they exist. And, and it shouldn't be confusing where, where the Bible tells us, woe to those that call 
good, evil, or evil, good. We should not be confused on things that are clearly morally right or morally wrong issues. And the Sound of Freedom took a very strong stance, again, telling some of the story of Tim Ballard. And of course, there's a little bit of, of Hollywood in this storytelling, but it does follow uh, something that was very serious. It did happen. He was a part of an operation helping rescue individuals caught in a sex slave trade in Colombia. All that to say, if people haven't seen it, I would highly encourage them to see it, if for no other reason than to send a message to Hollywood about where the American values are and should be and the kind of movies that we are interested in. So to me, it's just really good news, the success of The Sound of Freedom. Well, I can't help but think, man, you know, that's uh, the second big independent film uh, Jim Caviezel's been in, you know, obviously Passion of the Christ. It did hundreds of millions. I forget what it ended up doing total and uh, maybe over a billion. And uh, and now this one that was so hard to remember when we talked to him, it was so hard to get this made, how many years it languished. And when they finally got it released, thank you, Angel Studios, our friends over VidAngel that helped to, to make it happen. Uh, John Rich and others that were that were part of funding that. Uh, to make it happen. Wow. A hundred million. I, honestly, I didn't think it would do that, be that big. So every independent filmmaker in the world is calling Jim Caviezel right now going, would you please do our independent film? No, that's great news, Tim. Really, really good news. David? Well, because I've got such a stack of, of good news from past weeks, I'm just going to cram another three in into one story. So here I go. Uh, this and, and Interestingly enough, it deals with the same subject the first three dealt with, and that's the transgender kind of stuff that's going on and the pushback that's occurring. So in this one, uh, this one deals with Fort Worth, and Fort Worth has a fine arts council. Fort Worth is the 13th largest city in the nation. It's one of the top 20 in the, in the nation, and you know how large cities are. They tend to be very blue, and they tend to be very liberal and very progressive. And then when you make a fine arts council on top of that, that tends to be that tends to make the liberals look conservative when you get to a fine arts council generally, by and large. And so the Fort Worth, uh, Fort Worth Fine Arts Council, one of the things they've had forever, and it's been a world-class choir, is the Texas Boys Choir. And the Texas Boys Choir is a world-class choir. They do world tours just everywhere. And they also have a Texas Girls Choir. Uh, the singing girls of Texas, and they have recently decided that, you know what, we're going to require a birth certificate before you can be part of the choir, and you can only be on the choir that matches your birth certificate. So we're not going to let you claim to be a, a different gender than what you are, and that's the Fine Arts Council of Fort Worth saying, hey, we're keeping the Texas Boys Choir with biological boys and the Texas Girls Choir with biological girls. And that is a huge thing coming from a city of that size. And, and by the way, I think that is really the only, in the top 20 cities in the United States, I think that's the only red city up there. And it's barely red. I think it's about 52 to 48 or 51, 49. But nonetheless, for the Fine Arts Council of Fort Worth to go in that direction it is really, really pretty amazing. And then here's one on cyclists. And and we've already seen what happens with these transition guys being girls and, and, you know, taking on girls and swimming and girls and sports and girls and other thing and all the fear arts created. Well, same in, in, in cycling. Um, there is a biological male who, who is, he's born a male and he was from South Korea and he transitioned, but he, he won bicycling races as a male before he transitioned. 
and now he's transitioned, and he went over and moved into the girls' category and won the race in the girls' cycling category. So he did that, and of course, all the furor was there about that's not fair, and he says he did it to call attention to the fact that it's not fair. He said, I just want to show you that this, this is not a good deal. I did it to call attention to it. I want the publicity so everybody knows. So the guy actually did that, jumped into the fire to, to make a point. And he's saying, if you want to do something, create a third category for cyclists. You can have male and female, and then you can have a transgender category if you want to. But this is not right for guys to jump over into girls' sports and do that, even though he himself has transitioned. He, he did it just to make the point. So that was that was an interesting thing that happened from that standpoint is maybe the wackiness has gone so far that people within that movement themselves see how wacky it's gotten. And, and he, he's stepping out against that. And so as part of that, here's the, the third story I've gotten. The third story is that the world cycling now bans female transgender athletes from women's sports. So the world cycling body took the position that says this is them. They said from now on. Female transgender athletes who have transitioned after male puberty will be prohibited from participating in women's events on the international calendar in all categories and all disciplines. So now you're having the groups come out and say, this is inherently unfair and we're not going to do this. And there is a difference between male and female. Imagine that even liberals and progressives are acknowledging there's a difference between male and female. And, and so that's another piece of good news is this movement has gone so far, they're even losing the supporters that they had earlier along the way. And we talked about this even a couple of years ago, just biblically, there are there are these sexual movements in the Bible of this this brand, LGBTQIA+. And you see them particularly in, in Genesis 19 and in Judges 19. And the thing we pointed out at the time was, look, these guys do not want to get along. They want to dominate, and they're going to make you bow down at their altar, and they're going to make you affirm them, and they're going to make you support them. This is not a live and let live movement. This is not what they've been. They've never been that all the way back from the book of Genesis, way back at the time, you know, not all that long after Adam and Eve. So it's a really big deal. Now, here's a question I've got for you guys. Can you give me an example of a biological woman who's transitioned to a male who competes in male events? <laughs> and 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 wins or and wins. I don't know if they've tried or not, but I certainly haven't seen any headlines of them going in and stealing the trophies. I, I think that even on that side, there's some common sense that knows this wouldn't work. There is a difference. Is there between is the there two. a is there an Olympic ballet event? Maybe they could be the guy in a ballet event. And, <laughs> in a tutu, uh, that was interesting. I'm gonna, yeah, t- <laughs> I don't know, man. No, it's uh, yeah, but you know, I I think the good Lord for Riley Gaines for all of these gals that have been willing to stand i i wish we had had more of that in the beginning we might have put a stop to this if if more of the female athletes themselves but she's just been a fantastic voice it's made a big difference david tim thanks for so much good news today uh it's encouraging i know to me and uh, and to our listeners as well folks thanks for listening get more good news at our website be sure and visit wallbuilders.com you've been listening to wallbuilders we stand undivided forever